week I started with a passage of scripture that will be the overarching scripture for this series. And it comes to us from the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, verse 78. I'd like to invite you to read this text with me this morning. A new day will dawn on us because our God is loving and merciful. Now, that sounded about as good as some sick ducks. And, and so when we're saying this, that a new day will dawn on us, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that we're all sick ducks. It means that somehow uh, the vitality of God is living within us, and that vitality of God uh, will send us into places that we need to be the presence of the living God for the people of God. So I'm going to invite you to say it with me once again. And let's see if we can allow our spirits to connect with the word of God this morning. A new day will dawn on us because our God is loving and merciful. Now, last week, I, I, I stressed to you two very important words, loving and merciful. I want you to circle those words. I gave you the definitions last week uh, of, of God is merciful. I said uh, what that means is the undeserved forgiveness by God and the unearned, oh, I think I messed up or the unearned kindness of God. It, it, it is the undeserved forgiveness of God and the unearned kindness of God. And, and that's what God gives to us each and every day of our lives. And that's what I want to focus on today as we come to Mother's Day, as we come to celebrate the gift of mothers. And I'll also say, come to celebrate the gift of surprises. Um, uh, just a few moments ago, if you're a, if you're a young son or daughter, I'll tell you how you make your mother cry in a joyful way, is to surprise her like my son, our son just did, uh, right before worship, and uh, I just said to Robert, she's not going to be worth much now. <laughs> and, he, and, and he sucked up by bringing flowers, and, and son, you didn't tell your dad you were coming. <laughs> so anyways, happy Mother's Day. So let's talk about it. this gift of undeserved kindness and, 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 and this forgiveness that God wants for us today. I should also say, uh, parenthetically, before I go anyplace else, that my mother-in-law is also in the house, and I better not overlook her, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you all for uh, being kind to me today. Remember unearned kindness, right? And so, Mom, it's always good to have you in the house. Thanks. So let's get back to where we need to be. Here, here, here's a sad fact. Here's a sad fact. Sad fact for the world in which we live. That for the vast majority of people in the world, it is much easier to be kind to the stranger than it is to be kind to our family. The reality is, Most people treat mothers, most people treat fathers. We treat siblings, we treat our, our extended family in ways that are so harsh. We sometimes speak such ugly language to those that we say we love. And the truth of the matter is that we are kinder to the stranger 
than we are to our own family. And that's not the way God designed it. That's not the way God created us. God wants us to be loving and full of mercy for one another. So today I want to just explore this with you on what it means for us to be both loving and merciful for the body of Christ and to one another. So you're going to need to have your teaching notes right now because I'm going to give you a three-question quiz. Are you ready? That was poor. Are you ready to take a three-question quiz? Yes. Now, this is a rhetorical test, meaning uh, the last two services, I forgot to say that, and people yelled out, and, 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 and uh, I don't want you to embarrass yourself, right, okay? So, because you're sitting next to somebody that this question might pertain to. So uh, don't, don't, don't call out, just circle the question, okay, got it? Are you with me? Yes. So how merciful am I? Three questions. Uh, the questions will be on the screen, the answers are not. When my spouse or sibling or another family member gets some detail wrong while telling a story, I interrupt them and correct them publicly, or B, say nothing and let it go knowing that I've done the same thing. So how would you mark it, A or B? B. That's uh, a good answer for now, but, and, and let me just say, some of you are, don't want to do this, so I'm just going to say, God is watching you. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Here's question number two. Uh, when my spouse or sibling or another family member keeps making the same mistake over and over and over and over and over again, I become irritated and angry at them, or B graciously forgive them and pray for them. Be honest. God is watching. Yeah, I know. You're lying. But anyways, here's the last question. I am more polite with strangers or with my own family? Strangers, A, or B, family. Now that I set the stage, now I think you're ready to hear this message. My friends, mercy, write this down, mercy is God's love in action. That's what mercy is. Mercy is not a feeling. Mercy is not an emotion. Mercy is about a decision, a behavior, a choice that we make in order for us to be loving like God is loving for each and every one of us. Mercy is God's love in action. So what I want to try to do here in the next few minutes, I'm going to quote to you a Bible passage that many of you know uh, by, by heart or you know a great deal of it. For those of you who did not grow up in the church and for those of you watching at home and, 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 and you don't have uh, the scriptures right in front of you or you may have them uh, but you don't have the teaching notes, you can go online and get the scriptures and get the teaching notes right now so you can follow along as well. But I want to read to you a passage of scripture from 1 Corinthians 13, because everything that is said about love is equally said about mercy. And so you can just interchange these two words. It's written, uh, love is patient. You can also say mercy is patient. And so I want you to try to circle uh, the 18 characteristics 
of what it means to be loving, as well as the 18 characteristics of what it means to be merciful. Listen as the word of God is spoken. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love is not boastful or proud. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not irritable or easily angered. Love keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil. Love rejoices with the truth. Love is always supportive. Real love always trusts and always hopeful. Love always perseveres and love never gives up. Love never fails. It never ends. There are 18 qualities of love. There are 18 qualities of mercy that you find here. And what I want to do with you in the next few minutes is I want to spend just these few minutes looking at four of these 18 qualities and how they can have an impact on our lives today. So here, here's the first that I'd like for you to write down. We can show ways, four ways that we can show mercy in our home with the ones that we love. First is by minimizing irritations and offenses. By minimizing irritations and offenses. Would you agree with me that sometime later today, or maybe you've already had this experience, uh, that you will have a moment in which someone will irritate you? Well, would you agree with me? Uh, that, that's just life, isn't it? Someone is going to irritate you. Look at this text. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5 says this. Love is not irritable or easily angered. Circle that phrase, easily angered. Now, so often we get uh, this phrase, anger, um, confused in our spirit. Uh, I was walking down the hallway, uh, I think it was either two or three weeks ago, and uh, right between services, and I, and I heard someone say to another uh, member of the church uh, that anger is always a sin. And I'm going to disagree with that. Anger is not always a sin. Anger is something that we need to uh, be aware of in our lives. What is it that made God angry? Do you realize that God got angry? Do you realize that God got ticked off at humanity? Look at the story of Moses when, when God sent Moses to set the people free. God got angry with the Pharaoh. God got angry. But people say, well, Jesus uh, was this kind, mellow person. That's a bunch of bull. Jesus was not always kind. Jesus got in the face of people. You know, the description that we have of Jesus sitting down squatting in, the, in, in this yoga position, holding his fingers in just the right way and singing kumbaya all the time, is the worst description that I know of Jesus. Because Jesus was full of our humanity, right? And Jesus got angry. Folks, there are things in this world that you and I must get angry about. There, there, there's social injustice that we must get angry about. Uh, there are um, uh, racial slurs that we must get angry about. Uh, there is bigotry uh, that we must get angry about. Last night I was thinking about my sermon and getting the last uh, parts of my sermon together, and I thought about a moment in time uh, that just, just launched me into anger. Anger. 
appropriate anger, I would think. Uh, I, I'm very blessed uh, that uh, in, in the next, hopefully, only a month from now, uh, our daughter Amanda uh, and her husband Freddie, but Amanda is going to give birth uh, to our first grandchild, if you didn't know that. <laughs> uh, and and um, one, one, of the, one of the best things that's ever happened to my family uh, is this guy uh, that she started bringing around about 10 years ago, and his name is Freddie. Um, Freddie just started appearing around the house. And, 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 and all of a sudden, I started, he's sitting right there, so I'll be really nice to him. But, 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 but Freddie is just this quality kind of guy that um, he's quiet, and yet he is, um, he's the best husband that God made for my daughter. And, and I'm, I, I, I joyously say that. And so, um, but one day I got really angry, not at Freddie, but at something that happened. Uh, for what, just a little bit of background information, Freddie uh, comes from El Salvador. Uh, Freddie's skin color is a little bit browner than mine. And, and so one day he was coming up to visit our daughter uh, to go on a date. And um, uh, we lived in the city called Coral Gables. And for those of you who do not know Miami, Coral Gables is a rather affluent part of Miami. Uh, large houses, uh, fancy cars. So Freddie was driving up in his um, sedan, and uh, not, not a new car. And he was driving up on a road called Granada, which is what we lived off of. And, um, and as he got to the intersection of Granada and Bird, I believe it was, um, um, he saw some police lights behind him. And uh, they pulled him over. They made him uh, get out of the car and put his hands on the hood because the police had done some Profiling. And eventually, Freddie got to our house, and I heard about the story. And I got angry. Uh, I'm sure at that point that the mayor, Don Selesnik, would have really preferred that I had not had his personal cell phone number. <laughs> because I called up my friend, Don Selesnik, and I said, I need to tell you what just happened. I'm sure that the chief of police of Coral Gables didn't like it either because I had his personal cell phone number. And I let him know my anger. Now, I controlled my anger. It wasn't a Mount Vesuvius eruption. It wasn't a time in which I was trying to control it. You know, when you try to control it, sometimes it's worse than if you just let it go. But my friends, racial profiling, That's unacceptable. It makes the heart of God grow sorrowful. It makes me mad. And God is simply saying to us that when we see things like this, when we hear things like this, when we are, when we are observant of things that are going on that's wrong, we've got to do something about it. We can no longer take the, take the approach of, oh, uh, it won't happen again, or, or it, won't, it won't happen to anybody that I know. No. See, what we need to learn is we need to show how love in action, love, God's love is, 
mercy in action. It's God, it's mercy, which is love in action. It, it, it is this ability for us to take who we are, what we are, and say that I live for Christ. I live for the light of Christ coming alive in me so that I can be a transformative transformative agent for God in the world in which I live. We can no longer stand by. We must reach out to the world that is hurting. We must say to our brothers and sisters who are part of the Muslim community, we must say to our brothers and sisters who are part of the African-American community, we must say to our brothers and sisters who are part of the poor white community, we, we must say that all people matter to God and all people are welcome in our congregation because we believe that God is calling each of us to be the people of God. Some of you don't like what I just said. Oh, Tom, we can't say that about our Muslims. No, 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 Tom. And you want to get me angry? God's love, God's mercy, God's undeserved forgiveness, God's undeserved and unearned kindness must be lived out through us if we're going to change the world. We don't have to fully understand all the ramifications of this. No, I, I'm not saying that. But we must come to understand that God calls us to be loving men and women of God who want to transform the world. Amen? Amen. The second thing I'd like to share with you is this. One of the other ways that we share God's mercy in our family is, is by being kind to others when they don't deserve it. Does anybody else find that difficult? Gosh, why did God have to say that? That I have to be kind to a person that doesn't deserve it? So uh, underneath that point there, uh, you'll find three letters, VDP. VDP. Here's what that stands for. Write this down. Some of you are sitting next to this person right now. Very draining person. <laughs> Be careful how you, how you look at that person. Very draining person. Uh, they are people who, are, who have characteristics like they are very demeaning. Or they're very irresponsible. Or they are very uh, pushy. Or they are very, um, uh, what's another word, uh, aggressive. They are very rude. And, and, and what God is saying is that even though these people have these qualities, uh, we must still come alongside of them and we are called to be kind to them even though they don't deserve it. I don't like that sometimes. Can I just be honest with you? Does anybody, will anyone agree with me? What was God thinking when he created this? What God was thinking was that we have to find a way of being in harmony even though we find ourselves out of harmony. Look at this text. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 4 and 7. Love is patient. Uh, love is kind. Love is always supportive. How do we do this? How are we kind when people don't deserve it? 
And the only way that I know how to do this, the only way, is to sit down with them and to listen to them. To sit down and listen to them to describe their hurts, what's caused their pain, what's caused them uh, to, to become the person that is sometimes just so unlovable. And yet God says, you're supposed to be kind to them, even when they don't deserve it. I'll give you a personal example. Just thought of this one this very second. Perhaps I shouldn't say this one. Karen and I have been married for 41 and a half years. This passage of scripture, this point right here, is why I think Karen has stuck it out with me for 41 and a half years. <laughs> She's laughing, it's okay. Being kind when I don't deserve it. Right? That's just reality. And because of it, I've experienced 41 and a half years of marriage and a lot more to come. So here's the third thing I think we need to be really looking at. By letting go of our hurts, by letting go of our past hurts. This text, 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, love keeps no records of wrong. How's that for you? When I do counseling, I find out really quickly uh, that uh, people keep real good records of all the wrongs that other people have committed. Yeah? How you doing with that? Uh, let, let me share a story with you. It's something that's just taken place in the last three months, um, and uh, I have permission to share this story, that there are two, in the, two, two men, uh, 62 and 64, uh, both, both retired, uh, they are brothers who have not spoken in six years. And three months ago, uh, they were at a restaurant because both of them had moved to Fort Myers without the other one knowing. <laughs> and they saw each other at a restaurant. And they had the decency to say hello to each other. Well, um, then uh, both of these guys had gone to United Methodist churches up north. And guess where they started going to church? <laughs> Cypress Lake. And so um, they, they came to me one, one after, after worship, one of the services, and said, uh, we'd like to come see you. <laughs> and when I sat down and I listened to these guys, I'm thinking, holy smokes, <laughs> six years. Let me describe to you that, um, that counseling appointment. One of the brothers uh, started getting historical with the other brother. Now, some of you think that, Tom, you misspoke. You, you meant to say hysterical. No, I, I meant historical. Because this brother started listing all the things that that brother had done against him from the time he was, the earliest remembrance was four years of age. And it, it was a painful counseling session. But I will tell you 
that these two brothers, while they have not resolved the important things in their broken relationship, not all of them, that they are on a pathway to healing and hope because they realize that they have to let go of their past hurts while still addressing some significant differences and issues. But they're willing to come and love and be merciful, to give undeserved forgiveness and unearned kindness. And so they have started working in that relationship. Some of you right here, right now, some of you watching at home, right where you are, wherever you are, I've been hearing all morning long of relationships that are broken in your lives. I, I, I've had many, many people say, Tom, we need to talk because I'm in a broken relationship with a father, with a mother, with a son, with a daughter, and the list just goes on. My friends, this is a day to make a decision because mercy is not an emotion, not a feeling, but rather mercy is a behavior that you choose and decide to live out. So let me ask you right now, who is, who is it in your life that you have a broken relationship with? Who do you need to speak to? Who do you need to open the door to having a conversation with? If you need someone to come alongside of you during this time, call the office, the church office. Pastor Robert, Pastor Joe, Stephen ministers who are trained for this pur purpose will help you. But you have to make a decision that you no longer want to continue walking down that path of brokenness and of those hurts. Your family today needs you to do this so that your hope for the future is filled with love, compassion, mercy. And that's God's plan for your life. And the fourth is this. By believing that God is at work in the lives of others. That God is not only involved in your life, but that God is involved in the life of others. Your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, your grandchild, whoever that may be, God is also at work in their lives. Well, let me wrap it up. I know that there, there are some of you in the room who, believe it or not, you forgot that today was Mother's Day and you got here and you said, oh my. Um, so I'm going to offer a really long prayer at the end of the service and give you enough time to drive down to Publix and get some flowers and a card and come back. Um, 
here's what I want to tell you really. Allow this Mother's Day to be a new beginning day. We read about Luke 1, verse 78. A new day will dawn because our God is loving and merciful. If we decide today to implement these four steps of being people of mercy, it will change our world. It will make us different. It will make us new. And so by minimizing irritations and offenses, by being kind when they, when they don't deserve it, but they need it, by letting go of past hurts, by believing God is working in the lives of others. So now the hard work comes. You have to make a decision. I have to make a decision. I can disallow these words to be in my ear and out my ear, get on with the rest of my life. Or we can make a decision that is going to be both honoring God and loving and honoring of our family. And when we do that, God's grace and his mercy is sufficient for our every need. And my friends, that is God's truth. Let us pray. God, I know that throughout this morning that there have been individuals who have really been dealing with some brokenness. And they've been dealing with anger. They've been dealing with frustrations. Alienation. And God, I just pray that right now, in these very few moments, that we can say yes to you that we will come and kneel at the altar of God's grace, be filled with compassion and kindness, and walk out of here today loving and being in ministry to the ones that we call family. So come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen. Amen.